Okay, winter coming up, the power of the possible, and the hour of power is up next. Join our party as we fashion forward. Did you know that teens with low self-esteem who feel they don't fit in are more vulnerable to peer pressure, more likely to have depressive reactions, eating disorders, higher rates of alcohol and drug abuse, criminal involvement, suicide attempts, and be involved with risky behaviors? You can help make a difference by sponsoring this radio program, Be The Star You Are. Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, positive media, and donates positive books to increase literacy. Call 877-944-STAR, S-T-A-R. For more information or visit our website at bethestarur.org. Also, you can make a PayPal donation at www.bethestarur.org. Thank you for helping our youth succeed. Lori Online is about empowerment, building self-esteem and self-confidence with practical tools to also support enhanced communication. Host Lori Davis will explore a minimum of 40 topics that will engage our listeners in not only examining their personal and professional levels of self-worth, but in fact will provide practical tools and techniques they can implement into their lives as soon as they leave the show. That's Lori Online, every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific on World Talk Radio Studio A. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Hello, power partners. Welcome to radio's finest hour of power, star style, be the star you are. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I am so happy to be with you each week as your personal growth success coach where we offer you the best media and the guests, and we take this very seriously. This program is about starring in your life, being the writer, the producer, and the director. So if you are ready to jumpstart your life, find your passion and your purpose, we bring the books, the authors, the information, and the motivation. You just provide the perspiration. In our program today, you're going to meet Angela Burquist again. She has won the grand prize in our fourth annual be the Star You Are National Essay Contest with her submission on Keeping the World Green. And then you will be touched, inspired, amazed when author Aurelia McCarthy joins us with her book of hope and optimism. It's called The Power of the Possible. And in our Tea for Two segment, Heather Brittany and I will be going fashion forward as we bring you the latest, greatest, and some of the ridiculous fashions of the year. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Productions. Coach, you need to be the star of your own life. For more information on a private consultation in person or over the phone, call 925-377-7827. That's 925-377-7827. Winston Churchill is the author of this. The pessimist sees difficulty in every opportunity. The optimist sees opportunity in every difficulty. And a second miracle moment from the Carmody Collection, which are handmade handbags with recycled and vintage baubles, beads, bangles, and bijou. Visit thecarmonycollection.com. That's carmonycollection.com. Carmony with a K, collection with a K. Or you can go to myspace forward slash Carmony Clutches. You can also call 619 
286-1099, and this is from one of my favorite authors, Beatrix Potter. Believe there is a great power silently working all things for good. Behave yourself and just never mind the rest. Well, the rules of our show are simple. We'd like you to smile, have fun, and be willing to be wild and wacky because when you take a risk, that's when you really grow. We also want you to read some good books, maybe some that you haven't heard of. As an author, I am the New York Times bestselling author of Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul, Be the Star You Are, The Business of Show Business, and Miracle Moments, currently working on four more books. And you can get information on how you can get autographed copies through the website bethestaryouare.org where the money goes to the charity Be the Star You Are. Our motto is to be a leader. You must be a reader. So we hope that you're going to enjoy our show. Well, for the past four years, Be the Star You Are has sponsored a national essay contest with a mission of encouraging people to write about specific topics that Be the Star You Are feels are important to create unity, happiness, peace in the world while increasing literacy and positive media. And each year we provide three topics from which to choose. This year's topics included the importance of living green, describing how you're helping preserve Mother Earth for coming generations. The second topic was improving literacy and decreasing, decreasing illiteracy and writing about efforts to inspire reading. And the third topic was who is your hero and why is he or she a role model for you and illustrate the importance of mentoring through walking the talk. The entries in the fourth annual National Be the Star You Are essay contest were riveting. They were inspirational. They were deeply thought out. And the judges had a very difficult time in choosing a single winner. But that winner is Angela Burquist, and she wrote about Living Green with her entry entitled Rethinking Our Relationship to the Environment. Angela has a Ph.D. in Consciousness Studies, is a published author, has a very deep interest in our relationship to the environment, and she is with us today. So welcome, you winner, Angela. Hi. Thank you very much. Thank you for the honor. Well, we are so thrilled for you. Congratulations on being the grand prize winner. Well, thank you. You have a background of uh, 12 years of musical studies in Germany, and you've also been a professional dancer, dancer with the Frankfurt Ballet Company. You're the author of The Grail Revealed, and before you read your award-winning entry to us, could you tell us a little bit, Angela, about how you really became involved and passionate about environmental issues, because they really are very dear to your heart. Yes, indeed. The thing is that I think that it's impossible to be an artist without feeling connected with one's environment, and this includes the environment around us, the world. You... Um, Studying the, the thoughts of Native Americans, as as we are, so the world goes. And if we destroy the environment, we destroy ourselves. It's impossible to not think in terms of these connections. And I suppose when we say that, too, we're also destroying it for future generations. And so what a selfish thing exactly, to do. Exactly. It's... Not just, well, we're destroying it for ourselves, too, but also for future generations. I think that we have to think in terms of now, not later, that what we do now is of the most critical importance. And so, really, we have to be very much in the present moment for anything to be accomplished. 
then the tendency is to too quickly think, oh, later somebody else will do it. No, we must act now. And, and Angelo, you know what I hear you saying and what we also saw in your essay is that one person can make a difference. We can't leave it to someone yes. else. Indeed, and really this is, and as you will see in the essay, really a critical part of our consciousness, that basically how we think about the environment, how we interact with it, how we even literally talk to it, and this is an artist talking, and basically we do talk to the environment, and it talks back. And we have to be open enough to get these messages. And really, I think that one of the problems today, one of our most critical problems, is that we're shutting ourselves off to this voice, also to wildlife, not just plants, but animals are included too. This is just a critical state of openness. Well, we are, we are all, all connected, and I think you bring that out beautifully in your essay. And if you would be so kind, we would love to share your essay on the air with all our listeners around the world because you are the grand prize winner. Well, thank you very much. And, okay, here it is. As a philosopher concerned with psychological issues, I've spent considerable time pondering how our essentially dysfunctional view of the natural world evolves. My conviction is that the most effective way to address an impending environmental crisis is to educate the public to such an extent that they begin to think about their relationship to the environment and understand why and how they think and act the way they do. A heated argument exists as to whether global warming is a real problem or a phenomenon of nature. Before agreeing to participate in this now politically charged issue, it might be best to take a few steps backwards and ask some basic questions. The first being, if this is a natural phenomenon, why are we making it worse? Must we have insurmountable problems? before we admit that it's wise to take action. The second question is, what does being green really mean? Perhaps it means regularly recycling or driving a hybrid? I'm sorry. That's quite all right. Thank you for somehow the, okay. Your next line is, but I suggest that the true, true crux of the matter. Right. I suggest that the true crux of the matter, just, uh, I'm sorry, that, uh, I suggest that the true crux of the matter is. It's to learn so. In- okay, so intently to think, think green, that living, living in harmony with nature become second nature. In doing so, we, we are actually following in the footsteps of our ancestors. You may think I speak of people from the 18th or 19th century, but no, I speak of people who lived during the Paleolithic 
or Neolithic eras, in which humans paid very close attention to the environment because humans, in contrast to the present age, were wise enough to recognize that they were servants of nature. They knew very well they were in no position to take on the mantle of modern self-deception that insists humans are masters of the earth. In early days, rather, it was necessary to develop an essential give-and-take vigilance in which humans literally listened to big and small movements in the environment and adapted to what was around them. In short, human survival depended on working with the environment and not by forcing it into submission through an unconscious fear of being overwhelmed. We seem to have unknowingly inherited this fear from early ancestors. The advantage, however, was that in early days, humans developed an almost psychic relationship with their surroundings in which they were able to predict future manifestations and be prepared for them. Their sensitivity was so acute that it easily surpassed the knowledge and machines we use today. Whether we want to develop our inborn talents or not, we as conscious beings should be aware we still have a capacity to cultivate a similar understanding. So I ask again, what does being green mean? By this time, it should be more than simply recycling or cleaning up litter. It means adopting a larger understanding in which we comprehend that we ourselves are part of the environment and must show respect for the environment that is our home. Then in spite of our intelligence, it suddenly becomes clear that Earth really does have the last word and our abuse of the environment will eventually return to torment us. What goes around comes around. If environment, if only we keep an open mind, we might realize that while many indigenous cultures had individuals with what we would now consider special powers, these individuals primarily had an enhanced interplay with the environment. That's all. We killed indigenous people or diminished the talents of these people and are now destroying the earth they valued. What does that say about us? Isn't there then a very profound background to being green? Very good, Angela. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry. I had a little bit of trouble with my computer. Oh, no problem. No problem. That happens when we're, when we're reading these sometimes. The, the idea is that you really had a full circle of what being environmentally and eco-friendly and conscious in this world actually means. And what I wanted to talk to you about, because obviously this is something that is dear to your heart, is, is this something that you have been studying for a while? Is it something that through your philosophy or through your own teachings that, uh, that you felt for a long time that was necessary? Or is this something that you've recently come to? Um, actually, the interesting thing about this is when you take a very intense interest in the psychology, and there is also something called eco-psychology, 
Um, one comes to the conclusion that really one is not separate from the environment. So essentially this interest in the environment sort of came out, naturally came out of my interest in working with people that you see that there is actually no difference between the two, that the earth is an extension of us and we are an extension of the earth. Very important to, to think about. So this sort of grew on me in the course of time. It became obvious when one thought enough about the, our relationships, relationships with other people, well then, you think, there's also a relationship to what's around me, that this is all a dynamic process that we must really take into consideration. You know, I remember writing an essay for an essay contest when I was like 14, and the title was The World Around Us. And uh-huh. it, that, when I read yours, it just brought back memories of that time, because that's a, quite a while ago, that uh-huh. we have been aware uh, that we need to be in touch and be connected and do something and, you know, and really step up. However, it's not really until the present time that we, have, we really are doing that. Now, I want to give out your website so that people can see your writings, and I also just wanted to quickly ask you if you can reveal anything about your book, The, the Grail Revealed. And your website is AngelaTheWriter.com. So if people want to see the essay, it's also at BeTheStarYouAre.org. But if you'd like to find out more about Angela's writing or her work in psychology or helping people, please go to AngelaTheWriter.com. But just give us a little glimpse of what, what people can find in The Grail Revealed. It's interesting that... Um the Grail revealed, as it all turns out, then you begin to see the interconnections between all things, that the Grail revealed is also an interpretation of what the Grail really means. Actually, it's indicative of a particular kind of consciousness. It is, I repeat, you know, many times it is a mistake to think of it as a cup or even in religious terms, that the history goes back very far, even to pre-Christian times, where a grill or a container was very important. It was essentially the sign of the eternal feminine. And this is, by saying feminine, I don't necessarily mean women, because men are also involved, but... um. I think that we're spending too much time focusing on objects as opposed to concepts. And this concept is of greatest importance that you see again and again in ancient culture, this idea of a container, whether it be architecture or a cup or even your own mind. And I think that really... This is very important for us to understand. Then well, we have, to, we have to go now. So the name of the book is The Grail Revealed. Yes. And your website is AngelaTheWriter.com. Yes, it is. Did I get that correct? Well, Angela, once again, 
thank you so much for entering the contest. Thanks uh, for reading your wonderful essay, and thanks for being a good steward of the earth and keep spreading the word that that's what we need to do. So we really appreciate that, and we'll be in touch, and we hope that you enter again next year. Okay. <laughs> Best to you, Angela. Thank you for you. being the on Be The Star You Are. That was our 2007, the fourth annual Be The Star You Are award winner. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style Be The Star You Are. And when we come back, we're talking the power of the possible. Stay with us. Oh.